0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McCray with me as usual. Leland, let's just jump into it here. Boys and girls basketball well underway now in the Shenandoah District, and we're getting close to the halfway point of an abbreviated season. But so far, we mentioned that we thought it was going to be a wide-open race. <laughs> we said maybe a group of four, uh, looks like it's a group of six, uh, yeah. <laughs> all six teams kind of beating up on each other a little bit, but right now at the top, Wilson, Stanton, Fort, Fort being the only one that would maybe su- have surprised us at the beginning of the year, but they're, they look really good. Um, I'm looking forward to getting to watch them play in person, uh, at the end of the week against Stanton and what might be a matchup of two first place teams potentially, but we'll see. Uh, it's a, but it, Speaking of Fort, who's right now at 2-1 and with Stanton and Wilson, uh, it's a big week for Fort. They have Wilson and Stanton this week, so it's a week where they have potential to really separate themselves.
1: Yeah, and with Waynesboro in the middle of the week, you can kind of make a little run here of confidence. Uh, You know, not just dismissing Waynesboro, but... A lot of uh, Some teams have beat Waynesboro that Fort's already played and, and battled, so you would have confidence going to that game, probably more so than the game against Wilson or Stanton. So if you can find a win Monday, get the win Wednesday, you could really roll into Stanton or, uh, yeah, it's at Stanton, right?
0: It's at Fort.
1: It's at Fort. They could roll back home uh, with Stanton rolling in and uh, have a lot of confidence uh, in that game. So that that could be a big week for Fort, just like you're saying. The other team that I think we kind of – didn't expect to make a lot of noise this year is Buffalo gap and, and they're playing good basketball. You know, they beat riverheads last week, a team that we thought would be above gap in the standings. They're sitting there uh, two and two. It's just, I mean, everybody, the, the best team in the district has lost to the worst team in the district per standings. And then everybody in the middle is beat up on each other. So it's just really interesting how this is flowing. I mean, it just with this shortened season, every game, well, not every game's in district, but you're playing two district games a week and there's only six weeks of the season. I mean, every game's a prove-it situation. And so um, it's kind of fun to watch all these teams beating up on each other. It's it's cool to not see an undefeated team. Um, Jumping back to Buffalo Gap, you know, Tanner Rivenberg has become their leader out there. You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, what Gap would be. I think we mentioned his name and, you know, likely that he'd play a part, but he's really leading them out there. So, uh, you know, good for him. Um, on the Fort Defiance side, you know, it is what expected. We thought, you know, what can Ryan Cook do for this team? How far can he take them? Well, you know, he crossed the thousand point mark, which is a career stat. But, you know, it signifies what he is for that program and the type of athlete he is. I mean, he's going to college, not even to play basketball, but there he is, you know, scoring a bunch of points on the court. So those two teams were the kind of the two teams we left out of that top four. And they're beating teams in that top four. So with those guys leading them. so. It's been interesting on the on the guy side there.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Um, yeah. Uh, seeing Riverheads play uh, Saturday, this weekend, against Waynesboro, uh, I left that game feeling like Riverheads kind of depends on teams to help Riverheads. Uh, Waynesboro, when they fell behind, it was because Waynesboro was being slow or lazy with passes, and it allowed people like Ryan Ferris or uh, – Adam Painter occasionally to make jumps on passes and get buckets in transition. Um, but it, for Riverheads, their biggest problem is the biggest problem we saw at times last year and it's shot selection. Um, sometimes the three pointers are a little too far away for my liking, especially when they don't go in. Uh, I think they would be better served working around and getting better shots. But then again, if you're Riverheads, the half court's not really going to be something that ever favors Riverheads. Because yeah. they're a small team. Um, There's
1: transition baskets being all that more important then.
0: Right. And so they have to play suffocating defense. The other thing I took away from that game is Waynesboro is a very, at least in that game, was a very one-player one, one player driven team. Uh, Vinny Seip was the team. And then outside of that, kind of struggled. Uh, now, I know Evan Seitz had a better game against Gap than he did against Riverheads, but... For me, I left that game thinking, man, if Vinny Sype was still at Fort, Fort Defiance would be clear in a way the best team in this district with, with Ryan Cook and Vinny Sype. Uh, because Vinny Sype still has that shot. In fact, I think what ultimately allowed Riverheads to beat Waynesboro was in the fourth quarter, his shot kind of disappeared, and he got cold. And unlike Fort this year, who if that happens, okay, we go to Ryan Cook, Waynesboro didn't have that answer against Riverheads. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out in a very short uh, non-district schedule for Waynesboro. But focusing back on the Shenandoah district, I I am excited to be able to see Fort and Stanton play because I know Coach Mickens and his team is right now, they got a big win over draft, uh, a team that I saw on opening night. I've been kind of surprised to see them losing the rest of these games. You mentioned the win over Riverheads uh, for Buffalo Gap. Just based on what I saw from draft, though, I mean, to me, and, I, and seeing Riverheads in draft, I'm more impressed with the win over draft uh, because I didn't leave that game thinking draft was a bad team. So Buffalo Gap getting that win, cementing themselves kind of in that middle of the pack now. I, I'm excited to watch the rest of this year play out. If, if oh, yeah. folks have a chance to you know watch these games on the Internet at, through NFHS or, better yet, listening to ESPN 1240 when I happen to be there. Oh, that would be great, um, and I think they're going to be impressed with some good basketball. I think right now it is a totally wide-open district, and I'm looking forward to seeing if they can put their stamp on this week and give themselves a nice little gap between them and everybody else.
1: Yeah, it seems like Stanton, you have the Josiah Williams kid kind of leading the way. I know on the first night of the season, um, uh, the Carrier kid, I think – was factoring in a bit more, but that, that Williams kid has kind of stepped up there at Stanton. So yeah, I I want to see what he does that week. You know, it's a team game, but you know, a lot of these teams do get individuals that kind of stand out and, and Stanton was oddly a team this year that I going into the season just couldn't put my finger on. Oh, that's, that's kind of the leader. That's kind of the kid. And so uh, it's, it's cool to kind of get that figured out during the season. I mean, better, credit to that team if they have multiple guys they can depend on and it's not just a one man show um but also who you depend on for bucket when you need it too so it's it's the, the double sided card there.
0: On the girls side though, Leland, we mentioned Wilson Fort being a big game for the boys. It's Ooh, a big game for the big girls. Big, I mean this this could girls. decide <laughs> who has the inside track on the Shenandoah district title on the girls side, because both of these teams right now are three and zero in the district. Everybody else has at least two losses. So they've kind of already separated themselves. Unlike the boys side where everybody is within two games, uh, there is a, there's a two game gap between the first two place teams and everybody else. Yeah. So this will be a huge, huge game on the girls side. Wilson gets to host that game. Although I, I don't know. I don't know what Wilson's packing in on games. I know Stuart Straff, they brought a crowd. Waynesboro didn't, um, so I, I don't it I haven't been to a game at Wilson. I don't know what their general attendance is on these abbreviated and limited capacity games anyway. But
1: Yeah, I mean it's only can be what the twenty five. So yeah, it's only so, so much of a factor, yeah.
0: Um I'm looking it, uh, forward to seeing how this plays out though. I mean, because again, yeah. we mentioned Fort Defiance boys have a big week. So do the Fort Defiance girls. Because if you win this game, you are therefore putting yourself in a very, very good position to pull away from Wilson or at least say, okay, well, the worst we can do if we take care of business and beat everybody like we have so far is tie.
1: Yeah. I mean, the target goes on their back, but that's where you want to be. And especially in the spot they were last year, they did earn that spot to the region three C tournament. They want that again. And and you much rather, you know, have that inside track with its heads up with the other team. That's going to try to beat you out for a spot there. I know we were debating with Patrick on if both teams could make it or not you want to win this district and not make it a question yeah, yeah. And, and, and just take care of it and be in there um, and, and have a higher C because of it. But, uh, you know, the biggest thing coming out of Tuesday night, and I know this thing will post and and you probably know the answers to this, but seeing what those team leaders at Wilson, Baska for Wilson, a slew of other seniors that really contribute big time there at Wilson, but then also at Fort, you got the um, Kirby Ransom and the, and the Lily Berry girls leading those. So just see, you know, do the stars come out in this game or is it, you know equal opportunity i i think it it just seems like in these girls games especially in this area when you get the two good teams i, I remember a lot of those gap wilson games it seems like when the two te- the two best teams were playing it the scoring came down the defense kind of stepped up and and it's all about those big shots so you know you not not have your team leader and point scoring 20 points but those 12 that your scoring leader gets could be the most important 12 points of the game so It'll be definitely interesting that showdown on Tuesday. But as the week continues to see whatever team wins there, if they're able to keep on taking care of business, but also the team that loses, you can't have a letdown. I mean, Wilson got to get right back to it. Keep on playing or Fort. either one of them have to, you know, other games that week that just because you win on Tuesday doesn't mean you can ignore Waynesboro on Wednesday for Fort Defiance. So even though Waynesboro is the team that you would like on a rebound night. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, jumping over to the mats, we haven't really talked about wrestling at all yet. And uh, most of our listeners know we don't necessarily dive in every single week on that. But the season did get underway. Uh, the Grapplers got going. Riverheads, they went to Fockier and wrestled against John Hanley and Skyline, went in against John Hanley.
0: Here, here. Uh, and
1: Fockier. So, what, what, how did you correct me? Here, here. Here, here, yeah, beating John Hanley. You, you like that, but they did lose to Skyline, and then this is Riverhead's team that is has their sights set on state standards. And uh, a loss to Skyline doesn't shake that. Uh, they still had a couple of their guys go three and zero, beating uh, winning their matches from each school. The Robeson kids back to be is, is good and back, Ross and Bryant. Uh, what I really find interesting about the Riverheads wrestling is that they're going to Christiansburg Thursday according to the schedule and wrestling against Christiansburg and cave spring. That's, that's some big tests there. And I think that's what Riverheads yeah. needs because when you're wrestling class one later, you know, in uh, usually it's in March, but this year I guess it'll be in February and you get the rural retreat and, and the the leaders in that class one there, you're going to have to be well tested by the time you get there. And I love that scheduling uh, there for Riverheads. Wilson also got going. Um, They beat Buffalo Gap and William Monroe. They have a couple tournaments this week, Um, get to host one, and they go up to Strasburg, who's a great um, Region B wrestling program. So I like that regular season matchup for Wilson there, getting that experience against Strasburg. And then Stuart Straft also involved in the Wilson one, and then Stuart Straft has a couple tournaments of their own, I think going heads up against James River uh, midweek. So it's interesting all these teams getting going one of the interesting things is Stanton, you know, they usually have at least a couple strong wrestlers, if not a strong team, and and they're not even wrestling this year. It's uh, definitely a gap in what you're looking there for uh, teams to uh, be going this year in wrestling. So you notice that Buffalo gap also usually a strong wrestling program. So a lot to watch for on the mats and um, hopefully, you know, the good thing about wrestling is a lot of opportunity for a lot of championships, a lot of individual championships, but then you also hope you want to see what Wilson can do when they get out of the district. They did really good last year in the regions. Riverheads making it to states seems like every year, you know, deep into the state run there, top three kind of finishes. Can um, Stewart's draft pull a run together? Can Buffalo Gap? So it'll be interesting in the wrestling.
0: It will. And I noticed uh, Wilson on their schedule when they go to Strasburg. You know, that's Strasburg, Clark, and Hanley. So an opportunity for two teams from this area to beat up on the Hanley judges who, of course, you need should, it. They're to love it. Yeah, they need it. <laughs>
1: But So the other the other news I guess I skipped past and this kind of incorporates is Rockbridge is getting their winter sports going. Um, as we saw in the college basketball – or college football season, the Big Ten pulled out of college football, and then all of a sudden late September was like, oh, yeah, we are going to play. Here we go. Well, Rockbridge is doing their version of that with uh, getting going this week. Tryouts, I believe, started at the beginning of the week, and they're going to play a game. I think they're on the schedule to play Wilson on Saturday. So, um, so- that – yeah, Maybe me. you don't know uh, the answer
0: to this. I, I'm learning of this as we got ready to go on. Um, yeah, But are they playing Valley District teams, or is that too late? Because the Valley District's <laughs> already made this schedule.
1: I think they're catching games they can. So you assume Waynesboro oh, would be oh interested in playing some games. Um, Wilson, I think, did have a game with Spotswood scheduled, and I think the girls still are playing. So I don't know exactly why that changed for the boys' side there. But I guess they're trying to pick up games and, I guess, get some games in for their kids. I, I, hey, it's in a confusing time, and you got to make decisions sometimes. And the information you're getting with COVID changes daily. I get it. Um, you kind of just wonder what changed in the last week or two, three weeks, while these other teams have been playing that made you think it's time to get going. Now it's it's definitely nothing. No information from the CDC or the state with numbers because those numbers stay up. Um, I guess seeing the success that we haven't seen any local teams from down this way really have a big battle with COVID yet. So maybe they're thinking they can catch that same luck. You you hope so. We all hope so. But you also look at a team like LeRae, not too far from here, who's just canceled two weeks worth of games and that's a big problem. So you just hope that Rockbridge, you know, when they say they're making a decision to protect the, the kids, the student athletes and their health, I Hey, I don't know. I'm just surprised at the inconsistency in this decision, but that's the decision they make, and uh, we're going to see them on the court.
0: Yeah, best of luck to them. Um, they are kind of the uh, going against the grain here. A lot of school districts are canceling yeah. winter school sports and other school districts. So
1: it was like Virginia I, Beach and
0: Suffolk. I was going to say, I think they're the cancel. only one that's reversing a decision right now. Um, Maybe all of
1: them are. Well, other ones are reversing, like, we we were playing and now we're not well but i'm
0: saying uh, reversing yeah, yeah. in the in the sense that they're going to come back and play now yeah. um yeah. yeah i mean will shut down uh which yeah. is big big news that's for teams in this Albemarle, area yeah. so yeah i hope it works out i hope they don't have an outbreak and um good luck at least the kids get to play four games i guess i don't the that's the other thing with the timing of it i just don't understand but okay
1: yeah i don't i don't know with only like 3 weeks left i mean 4 weeks including this week left in the season um yeah, you're going to try to smash a bunch of games in here, I guess. And I mean, everybody's trying to smash games in. Um, you see Waynesboro trying to pick games up all the time. Um, yeah, it's tough. It, it's tough. I I'm just surprised with the consistency. I guess I'm not saying they're wrong. They got to make the decision that's best for them. But I just I'm surprised.
0: Yep. Um, looking college. at looking at the college side of things, uh, Virginia Tech. <sighs> Not the best game the Hokies have played all year, but a win's a win. and uh,
1: that's a sign of a good team. When you can play poorly, when you can take Cone and Aluma and get nothing out of them. A lot of empty minutes on the court from two guys that you're used to getting a lot of quality minutes from. And you find a way to win, you take it. I know Wake Forest isn't the best team, but Wake Forest is capable of beating a team. They nearly did it. And so... Virginia Tech found a way to win, relied on some different guys. That Radford kid keeps on having good games. He's he's a consistent player for us, and um, I know he's not our 1A player, but when he acts like it, it's great. So, yeah, yeah you, you take what we can get.
0: So a big four-point win against Wake Forest for the Hokies. Keeps them only one loss in the conference, and it was a very close game against Louisville. So they're still at the top. They went up to number 16 in the country this week. Uh, UVA seems to have – gotten the ship going in the right direction now uh they thumped notre dame like notre dame's a bad team and then they thumped clemson at little john um kind of proving what i've always thought clemson is overrated that team is not a 12th place team now uva going out and hammering them doesn't mean uva is bad i think it means uva is good they figured it out uh but clemson is not the number 12 team in the country i think they dropped a 20 if i or something like that at in the men's poll, right. yeah i don't understand how they're still that high who is this team beat huh. I, I just i don't That's
1: get the it. we probably know the answer to
0: <laughs> i i just don't know i mean like i look at their schedule i'm like mm, okay they're not that good
1: i mean we beat them and we EA's get to play again, them again i think
0: so i'm looking forward to it i can't wait for us to beat them again I know we've got UVA. I don't know if they've rescheduled the UVA game that we didn't get to play yet. Um,
1: I thought it was like...
0: The home game for Tech is coming up, but that yeah, game was supposed to be at JBJ. Like
1: January 30th, I think.
0: Yeah, so we play um, BC, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and then UVA.
1: Clemson beat Alabama. That's really the only team they've beaten that's ranked. So, Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, they've lost to multiple ranked teams now, and they got stomped into tiny, tiny pieces by UVA.
1: And so people are looking at the ACC and pretty much looking at UVA and Florida State, which aren't that crazy of teams to mention at the top. UVA um, being the last team to win a national championship, Florida State being the team that could have put up a fake banner Uh, last year. No, they did.
0: They did. I don't know (laughs) if you saw they this but the, put one up. the florida state legislature declared them national champions
1: so. no that's different than them putting a banner up. well
0: but they won the national championship i don't know why you keep saying uva won the last <laughs> national championship it's been decided no, just
1: the, there's teams in florida just claim what they won i guess <laughs> um big weeks though for both of these acc virginia teams uh kind of have a business week boston college at home syracuse at syracuse on saturday Both games that the Hokies appear to be better than their opponents. Can they take care of business all week? I hope so. UVA has uh, the game canceled midweek or postponed against NC State because I believe NC State's having their issues. Uh, But then Georgia Tech on Saturday and then they, next week, probably while we're recording, will be playing Syracuse. I will find it interesting next Monday night when we're recording and probably speak to the point of Syracuse playing the Hokies on Saturday and playing the Cavaliers on Monday night I'll be interested in those back-to-back games for Syracuse playing us too, just to see the measure and stick and what that is. Hopefully we have won against Syracuse and that can only be so negative there. Uh, but it'll be interesting just to see, you know, the comparison and, and just raw score numbers don't decide at all, but it, it'll be interesting to see is, is it a real tight games or is one a bigger blowout than the other? So the way UVA is playing right now, I, I would assume they have a good week. Uh, they're scoring, they're scoring points. That's, Usually what you worry about with UVA, including the year they won a national championship, Um, their defense up until this past week, I wasn't thinking was as good as other years. Them limiting to Clemson down to 50 points, I'd say it's a good sign for their defense kind of getting in order there. So Bennett is a good coach. He's going to get them playing right. Meanwhile, though, we have a really awesome coach. Our coach just... I love Mike. Everything he says to the press is just good. I mean, I think every week we have this moment where we just talk about how great... Uh, Mike Young is, but he is. And I think we should keep talking about it because we talk about Fuente and how terrible he is every week. We should talk about how great Mike mm-hmm. Young is when he, when they say, you know, Virginia techs at the top and that's where they should wait. When he says that it's like, uh, yes, yeah. that, that higher is why when you say Whit Babcock's going to go down with Fuente, this hire so good. I wonder if it saves him a little bit. I, it'll just, I, I don't know. Like this was such a perfect hire. Whit Babcock read the room so well with that, with, not that Buzz was a bad hire. Buzz was a great hire and we played good basketball with him, but Buzz was only going to be here so long. Anyway, I, I, Wick got a guy that really seems like he wants to be here is going to be here. And whether the future is written in stone or not, he's doing a great job wise here immediately. I and mean, we haven't had to wait for this and it's, it's been great.
0: Yeah. I, I am super impressed with Mike young and what he's been able to do. And, um, <laughs> as one of hokey Twitter jokingly put your negative three, uh, making a reference to year five being year one of the Fuente <laughs> era. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Mike Young is doing a great job. And yeah, his his comment to the media, as you touched on where he was like, uh, hey, we're winning and we're ranked and we're at the top of the ACC. It's where Virginia Tech should be. I, I loved it. I was like, yeah, yeah, Mike Young. Tell him we are the 11th best team. We're the top. So I loved it. I still don't know if this team wins the conference, but they're going to be up there. They're a top four team easily. I think probably top three. I think they would make the podium. I think they'll make the podium at the end of the year, if nothing else. So I, but I'm I also excited. Think we'll be in
1: any game we play. Like, who's who's whooping our butts? I don't. I,
0: well, I, don't I mean, if we shoot like we did against Wake like Forest, UVA. But if, if we shoot better than that, yeah. If we play to our potential, no one. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, after beating Villanova and playing the way we have Gonzaga would worry
0: me. I mean, if, if we, we can but that's, about, okay. That's tournament. So teams we probably won't run into until an Elite Eight.
1: I'm not scared of playing anybody in the ACC, including UVA. No. Um, I know Duke's down, so that's not saying anything. We just beat him last week. UNC's down. What's this? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's just, you're not, you're not worried about, you know, it's not the usual we're a step behind the top four teams. We're, we're right there with them. I love it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's the first time since 82 that Duke and North Carolina haven't been ranked. So that's kind of cool. Um, well,
1: to preview the, what I know, what you need, no, to no, no,
0: no, know, no, no, no. You, uh, save you save it. You save it. You save it. I looked at it. I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to steal it. So <laughs> there's more, um, what a tease, but at my alma mater, JMU, they went out and they got their one and Oh,
1: they found a game.
0: <laughs> we finally got to play a conference game. We won that conference game. Beat Towson, 81-72. to 72. Good for JMU. We didn't beat Towson last year at all. I don't even know if we beat Towson the year before. So good for JMU, the Mark Byton era, off to a great start. Um, and next up is Northeastern. So back-to-back games, which in the CAs, infinite wisdom, uh, that's how they decided to make the schedule. So I hope it works out and there's not a COVID outbreak before the game.
1: There was a big conference rumor over the weekend on JMU Twitter and oh, Facebook pages of them announcing going up to uh, mm-hmm. FBS. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
0: Now's the time to do that?
1: <laughs> I don't. Anytime's a good time for them to do that because I think they should go up.
0: Well, um, what I'm saying but... is it's a rumor, so uh, it's yeah, going to be blown up. I... I'll believe it when I get an email from Jeff Bourne about it. That's when I'll believe it until then (laughs) what
1: a personal email from jeff Bourne.
0: oh no i mean i'm a i'm an alumni that they keep asking to give money so i mean and we need you yeah we need you to help make this jump (laughs) in the nfl divisional round uh the packers and the rams were saturday i didn't get to watch a lot of this game because i was doing the ripperheads waynesboro game but from watching the uh, expanded highlights on YouTube, no surprise. Uh, the Packers are just better than the Rams, and I believe I nailed this. I think I said the Packers, and I think I had them covering as well.
1: Yeah, In fact, I don't know what
0: spoiler I alert, I think I got I probably... all the spreads. I think I crushed it. I think I was 4-0. I think if you listen to me, you made money. So, not that I endorse gambling.
1: <laughs> Packers look good. Better than I thought they probably were, Um with The Saints going down, obviously, the Packers are the favorite, though. Um, they're gonna be a only three and a half point favorite against the mm-hmm. Bucks this weekend. The Bucks beating the East Sunday night. Um, that sets up an interesting game. But talking about the game that happened, Aaron Rodgers looks very motivated right now, I think. I think he's just tired of hearing everybody talk about Tom Brady. I think he's tired of hearing everybody talk about these young guns and kind of him getting lost in the shuffle. And he's making a name for himself, and he's trying to win himself another Super Bowl. Good for him. I don't root against the Packers. I don't root against Aaron Rodgers, other than when he's at Cal and plays against Virginia Tech and a bowl in Phoenix. I I don't have a problem with the Packers. So if they win, I'm not going to be upset. It just looks like they're playing at their peak right now that's what you want to do i think they're optimizing what they can do so good for them
0: oh the old insight.com bowl yeah um yeah i don't have a strong
1: keep it on the field
0: i don't even have a strong feeling yeah i remember that that was depressing um i don't have a strong feeling pro or anti-packers either it's whatever i'm rooting for him against the buccaneers i guess because i don't like tom brady but we'll talk about that game in a minute So, for the Ravens, this was kind of the game I thought might happen last week. It happens this week. Uh, The pick six ended the game. And when it happened, I knew the game was over. I mean, we had a chance to tie the game. Instead, it's a pick six from the end zone all the way back. And in that moment, I was like, okay, um, that's it. And I don't have confidence in Lamar Jackson being able to pass us back into a game when there aren't Gale Force wins, add the Gale Force wins, I have no hope. So, I will I say, so. I, I don't know. Like, this turns into a thing. Anytime the Ravens lose, the Lamar camp and the non-Lamar camp get into it and the battle lines are drawn. And my and my thing is, like, I've always said this. Lamar is an elite athlete. He's one of the best players all-around players in the NFL. Do I want... If I'm going to be able to pick any quarterback in the league, is Lamar going to be in my top five of, you're down 14 points in the fourth quarter and you need a comeback? No. I'm not picking Lamar in that situation. I will never pick Lamar in that situation. Patrick Mahomes. We saw Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady. I would take the Bills' Josh Allen. I mean... He's, oh, kind I mean, yeah, he's kind of proven it to me. Yeah, he's kind of proven it time after time. And yes, we had the one 10 point comeback uh, against the Titans last week, but that's the first one. So, I mean, these people are like, oh, this was a bad week for all the Lamar haters last week. And I just said, "I, I you'll remember this, Leland. I said it last week. That kind of felt like a pat yourselves on the back, job done. For the season, kind of thing. And then we went into this game and we fell behind. We couldn't keep running and we just lost the game. It hurt when Justin Tucker missed two kicks, which is uncharacteristic. But again, the wind is a factor. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, Justin Tucker sucks. No, Justin Tucker has proven time and time again you can rely on him. Who has't proven they can be relied on in the fourth quarter, is Lamar Jackson if you're trailing. If we're winning, it's great because it's all gravy. And the other thing I hate wh- that I see on Twitter all the time is, well, we need to get him a number one receiver, that I agree with. Yeah. But, yep. the, we need to get an offensive line. I'm sorry. I'm our sorry. offensive line is not the problem. You don't have no, three game is great. You don't have three people carrying the ball getting the rushing yards they have if our yeah. offensive line sucks. What hurts us is Lamar Jackson sits there too long and then panics when people start to get close to him. You know what Josh Allen did when our pressure got to him? He ran away from the pressure and threw it away. You know what Lamar Jackson does? He runs around like a chicken with his head cut off until he gets sacked or it turns into a 30-yard run. Those are the only two options. He will never throw it away.
1: I think with the Ravens, a receiver is something they need to get in the draft. Um, Don't have to get a first-rounder, but, like, you know, first three rounds, find the best value receiver when you can get them on your second- or third-round pick your first pick you're probably getting somebody probably one of the best defenders on the board when when your pick comes up um you know depending on what position you need more than the other but i that's kind of how i see it going for them and i see them kind of being staying in the mix i mean they're a consistent franchise that's going to be in the mix and I, the good thing that's you got going for you with lamar is that he's still young and and i mean this is what his third year and he's been three playoff Play yeah, but that times. means you have you have he's won an MVP. So like
0: two years left, though, until it's contract time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you're going to if you can throw some stuff around him in these next two years and give him a chance, like you, you can see what you got. He's still young. He's not 30 and lost all but one playoff game. He's 24 or 23 and lost all but one playoff game. Um, You keep on putting him there, see what he can do, see if he can have some better weapons and, and honestly grow up and develop the passing game a bit better. We've, we've seen guys get to be better passers in their career before. I don't think this guy's immune to that. I, I don't know. Well, I, you have time to see, um, I mean, if you're not making the playoffs next year, then yeah, that year five looks a lot different, but I don't see that happening. I see them at least vying heavily for a wild quarter, if not winning that division. I mean, that division's tough, but,
0: you have two okay. years. You have two years to win a Super Bowl, and then your salary cap <laughs> becomes an issue. I mean, it's it's just yeah, a fact. But you're
1: not going to get rid of your
0: like. You're not going like, to let Lamar go. So you're going to if
1: if if, yeah. if you go to the playoffs the next two years, you're not getting rid of him. That's what I'm like. I mean,
0: yeah, but you're going to also yeah. have to pay him like he's one of the top players in the league, and it's going to cost you a lot. It's going to yeah. eat a lot of your cap. You're not going to be able to support that offensive line that everyone well, thinks you sucks.
1: Have a receiver in year two of his five year. Yeah,
0: then then fans will get to, to learn what is. Crappy offensive line looks like when we have to pay Lamar Jackson a, a billion dollars to stay in Baltimore, and they can't spend it on that offensive line that has made him look good. Yeah, our fans are—they'll be
1: all right. I I like the Bills winning. I think I mean obviously you're the fine. Ravens fan, and they're the local team. I like the Bills winning. It, it makes me happy. Like Jim Kelly being happy makes me happy. Yeah, I'd be cool. If they have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl.
0: It's fine. Uh, their fans did something pretty cool. They all donated to Lamar Jackson's uh, charity of choice. I think they've raised over $36,000 already since the game. So that's kind of cool.
1: They did uh, that last year, didn't they, where they were
0: when they beat somebody they donate yeah. to the that's star cool. players charity. Um and that's cool. Good for the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia and those crazy people in Buffalo. Um so it would be cool if they won uh this year of all years it would be kind of hilarious if the Bills win the Super Bowl. Um <laughs> but uh Sunday's She's- games Sunday's games, uh, wow. Cleveland had their moment, uh, and then it just didn't happen. It just, yeah, Cleveland it happened.
1: Yeah. Mahomes going down definitely threw the door open. Um, but they were, they, at least they were sitting there when it happened, and like you were within a score. Uh, yeah. The D got the job done in Kansas City. Andy Reid also made some play decisions down the stretch that really gave them the win and secured the victory. And that fourth and one when they just went and surprised Tony Romo and everybody watching, I I commend a team to have that kind of fortitude to do that. I mean, it's just I, good good on Andy Reid, good on the decision making there. And then good on Chad Henney being a part of that play and making it happen. I mean when you're throwing a Tyreek Hill, you just throw it to where he can reach it and he'll make a play. And he did. But I I don't know. Good for Henney to come in that game. He's a veteran. I mean, he's like in his mid thirties, I think. I mean, he he's not going to get shaken by coming in there. He's been around the league long enough. I the Chiefs show why they're good. I assume Mahomes will be back because it just it just didn't look like a situation where he'll be out for weeks. Um, he's a bit of a gamer too, so I I bet you one way or the other concussion protocol is not an issue next Sunday. And I was I think say. it's going I think it's gonna be a good game though. Mahomes playing. Bill's coming in town. I think it's a good game. If Mahomes doesn't play, I think the bills win. Um, But uh, I think it's going to be a good game because the Chiefs aren't blowing me away with anything. And I think Buffalo is playing great. So I'm excited for that game.
0: Yeah. Um, I watched the extended highlights of this because Sunday, and it probably wasn't helped by the Ravens losing the night before, but football was not a priority for me Sunday. Um, The Chiefs watching the extended highlights. I can't stand Tony Romo anymore. I'll just say it. I think Tony uh, Romo is overrated. Um, and even in that extended highlights thing, just hear the amount. I think it's like 12 minutes long. And in that 12 minutes, I was just like, God, someone turn off his mic.
1: Um, I'm disappointed that you're going to like be on the hate wagon for Tony Romo. Cause I mean, he's going to be sitting in that booth for like another 25 years. That's
0: fine. I'll turn it on mute. <laughs> I'm watching red zone for the next 20 something years. Either that, yeah, or I'll be still dead. Have four so
1: weeks of playoffs where it's, he's the only game on, and his voice will be on it.
0: NFL red zone, or I die in the
1: next twenty years. I don't know,
0: but um, <laughs> so Patrick Mahomes is going to play as long as he has a pulse. Yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> I don't want to be conspiracy theorist here, but I don't think uh, I don't think any NFL doctor is going to tell Patrick Mahomes he can't play. <laughs> so.
1: I, the NFL sure doesn't want any NFL doctor to tell him not to play. I mean, everybody.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I heard a joke on
1: NFL. Once Mahomes playing
0: in that game. I heard a joke on,
1: uh, again,
0: it's a podcast. That, it's not family safe, but they made the joke that, uh, NFL concussion or NFL doc team doctors, uh, would have also told JFK he was fine to go and finish the rest of the parade route too. Um, so making the joke that no NFL doctor is going to tell a big time star. Hey, don't go in. Um, So yeah, I laughed. I thought it was funny, Um, but (laughs) might be too soon. I don't know. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers (laughs) did beat the new Orleans saints. And,
1: uh, is done.
0: He needs to retire.
1: I I mean, after the game, he's out on the field with his kids. He's looking around the state. Like, it just had all the symptoms of here in four weeks, we'll get the announcement. I mean, right after the Super Bowl, a week after the Super Bowl, we'll, hear, we'll have yeah. the presser. With, I said it was he's sitting there with this kid on his lap crying. And, and it'll be fine. Like, he's had a great career. He's not the best quarterback to play during this era. Like, no. Tom Brady was consistently better than him. Aaron Rodgers is better than him, has been, and is uh, Peyton Manning. Like, you know, Breeze was just edging out those Peyton Manning records. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks, sure. But he also accumulated a lot of stats and a high flying offense. So yeah. he's going to make the hall of fame and that's fine. I have no problem with that, but there's a collection of guys that I put ahead of him from his own era. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, I, I don't know yesterday, everybody was trying to make it out. Like the two goats playing and all this. I'm like, no, 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 no.
0: I just, I don't know. One super bowl. As good as he was and as good as some of those Saints teams were, I think Saints fans might be disappointed.
1: Yeah, I. It's lowered expectations in New Orleans. That's part of it. I mean, you won the Super Bowl, so like you get propped up with that. You know, you you do that in Philadelphia, <laughs> and well, if you're not that great in three years, you're gone like the head coach was. So, yeah. Like, it's just New Orleans. I mean, they were just desperate for a winner, they got it. And I mean, he's deserved it enough. Like, I don't want to turn this into a trash and Drew Brees. It's just there's at least a handful of guys like that have been better than him and are better than him now with some of the younger guys coming in. I mean, Eli Manning won two Super Bowls with probably less talent there. Um, ben Roethlisberger's won two Super Bowls. I'm not saying both those guys are better than him, but like you're probably closer to them than you are Tom Brady. So uh, this is what kind of got my nerves with the hype machine yesterday is that Breeze and Brady in that game isn't the best two quarterbacks ever facing off. Like, I, I would take a Manning-Brady game before I would have taken that.
0: Not not that day, I
1: wouldn't have. Not, not yesterday, but like, give me one of those playoff games between, between the Patriots and Colts in their prime. And it felt like I, I was... And the two best quarterbacks See, in think, the league playing. I Yesterday, think Drew
0: Brees I and it. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I think in their primes they're all comparable. I think the three of them are comparable to me. So I don't have a problem with that.
1: I just I I wasn't as hyped for that. And I mean I like Peyton Manning, like that's like
0: Yeah, he's your favorite player, so I know. I, you you keep talking about it. I mean I just it's showing. I,
1: I still think there's a collection of guys you pick ahead of, of, of Brees.
0: Yeah. Um, so that sets up conference championship weekend. It's going to be the Buccaneers What's... at the Packers. See if I can keep it going here. Uh, I got the Packers and I got, them covering that three and a half spread. I just think the Packers are better. I know the Played Buccaneers really killed them earlier in the season, but I think the Packers are better than the Buccaneers right now. And I think, I think when you look at this week, it's, it's chalk. I do, which I'll go ahead and make my next pick. Then the bills at the chiefs, KC three and a half point favorite. I like the chiefs. I, I just think the chiefs are going to be too good. I like them to cover. I, I don't see the bills beating them. I hope they do, but I don't think they do.
1: Yeah. I mean, what you just said is how I think, I mean, bills are the story I'd like to see happen the most and, and I'll be kind of cheering for them. As long as it's a good game, I'll be happy there. I'll probably be rooting for AFC either way in the Super Bowl, though I'm not against the Packers. I mean, the Packers being in there would be great. But yeah, I got Packers, I got Chiefs, I got them both covering. They're both three and a half point spreads. The interesting little thing that came of all this, and I heard I heard the stat late in the day uh, on PTI, but I found it earlier than that on my own. Both of these matchups are rematches from week six. Uh, the Bucks and Packers played late Sunday afternoon in week six on October 18th. Uh, Bucks rolled them. That wasn't a surprising game there. The Bucks had just come off that game against the Bears, where they lost. Where uh, Brady didn't know what down it was. Everybody was down on the Bucks. There they came in there to the Packers and just rolled. Like really took care of it. it was ten nothing Packers, and then all Bucks from there. Um, Chiefs Bills played on Monday night. That was like the first Monday night mid season doubleheader that we ended up getting, where the Dallas played in the other Monday night game, um, and the Chiefs were better than the Bills, but you know a, a closer game where the late field goal sealed it for them mm-hmm. and, and put them up by nine. There, so it's just interesting. Both those te- both these matchups come from Week Six rematches, and I do think I do think the Packers are a much better team than they are they were then. Um, I think it was out of character for the Bucks in that game, so I just think the Packers win this one. And the Chiefs Bills, I kind of think it goes similarly. I think it's a close game. That's either a one-score game or a or a late score seals it kind of thing. I think it's it's close in the fourth. Either team can win, but I think the Chiefs pull it out because because they do have the best player. I mean, they got Mahomes. They have a collection of good players. I mean, they're their backfield's good. They have receiving options everywhere. I mean, they're just a very good team. That's why they're the defending Super Bowl champions. And I, I think they're going back to Super Bowl. So uh Pick'ems. Yeah. Thickems for our group are done. Um because most well, only two of us are still picking, uh. But Dan, the man, is going to finish second, and uh, I I won. I finished first. Uh, most of that picking is just picking every week. <laughs> if you just actually pick every yeah. week, it may, it's going to get you a little bit better. But uh, I just am glad we don't pick against the spread. I I stink against the spread. Maybe we need to add winner. that
0: next year. Maybe we need to add that. Just I like make things that I can
1: win, and if I can't win, then. I quit because they are cheating.
0: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I did see that the Super Bowl is on uh, CBS, which great. That means I have to watch it on mute. Is there a way they need to make a way? Can I listen to Jim Nance? Because I like Jim Nance. I want to listen to Jim, but not Tony.
1: I'm sure there is no way to do that.
0: Well, they need to make a way. You Um, could probably
1: listen to the radio version.
0: Now, Uh, I want to hear Jim. I'm just going to try to guess. I'm just going to mute after Jim Nance is done talking and just hope that I don't unmute it before Jim is ready to go. I know, technically, I know when the play-by-play guy is supposed to be starting, so I'll just unmute it then, listen to Jim Nance. Weave me a tale.
1: But like myself, sometimes those those analysis guys jump in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then I'll just scream at the TV, shut up, Tony, it's not your turn.
1: (laughs) Just like the radio, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, instead I just glare at you at the radio booth. Yeah. Uh All right. Yeah. But that will do it for us here in the A block. So, uh no interview guests this week. So, let's just power on through to we the D tried. block. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the D block uh, Leland, what do you know, or what is dominating your life? We saved our our bashing. Yeah. Yeah. we for saved off. Our Bashing for <laughs> for the off the record. Now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> saved the listener. Uh, what's dominating my life. I got out on the golf course this weekend and you listeners oh. might be like, am I listening to a January podcast right now? But we did. I, uh, uh, former guest, I think two-time guest, Steve cash came onto the golf course. It was his birthday this weekend. So we went golfing on Friday midday as when the, when the weather was as warm as possible and uh, we layered up, but we got out there and it was fun. It was good. I was really kind of worried about how winter golf was going to play. I think I have been golfing in January before, but it was like one of those 60 degree January days. It wasn't 38 like we were experiencing on Friday, Um, but it worked. Uh, As long as the wind was calm, we were good. I actually played kind of good uh, for my standard, which is not good, but I, I played all right. I'm, I have a little knee issue right now. And so there was some good Nancy Kerrigan jokes going. So we were, we were good. And, uh, it was just good to get out of the house and get and do an athletic something, uh, and spend some time with my buddy and celebrate his birthday. So it was good. I was happy to do it. And now we know our temperature limits for golf and, uh, and we didn't learn the hard way. We handled it. We were fine. And, uh, we know we can go 38 and up now. So good to go. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's. Um, um sorry. <sighs> it would have been too cold for me. I I just know yeah. it. I hated I, we my short little motivated. walk. <laughs> I yeah. I hated my short little walk from my car to Wainsboro's gym on Saturday. I hated the walk from my car to Target on Sunday morning. Um. So yeah, I couldn't have. I definitely couldn't have golfed.
1: I mean, Ingleside is where we went and uh Englewood. i always support local business and uh, i hope everybody gets out there and plays around it's not as in great a shape as it has been in its past um not that i ever think it was in the word great shape but uh it's they're they're transitioning right now and uh but for the winter i thought it was in good shape i was really much more worried about the shape of the course for it being winter and i didn't really see a lot of winter issues out there so uh it's a good tough sod and i i bit into it a couple times but the greens were smooth. That, that let the ball roll right in. All right. Well, there you Felt go. Like Tiger out there, man.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> the uh, English Premier League update is what's dominating my life, and uh, it's going terribly.
1: What place are you in?
0: <sighs> we're fourth as of right now, but we could potentially be fifth. And we have a game in hand over Everton, and if Everton gets a win, we'll be in fifth. I mean, this is just terrible. We can't seem to win anymore. We just get draws. We haven't scored a goal in Premier League play in three straight games. It's just... <sighs> Burnley is next, and if we don't beat Burnley, then you can burn me because and just set me on fire because that will be about as much enjoyment as I get for the rest of the season probably. We're getting into an uncomfortable position. We're three points off of Man United, who we get to play in the FA Cup, and uh, we'll probably lose that, so it's whatever. Manchester City is pulled ahead of us now. That was a team that was struggling early on. Now we have struggled worse than they are, so they're back ahead of us, and they also have a game in hand. They could be in the lead. Uh, Leicester City is ahead of us by a point. Tottenham is right behind us, and I mentioned Everton. They could jump ahead of us. I mean, it's just, we just haven't played very well. Some of that's injuries. Some of that is our guys are starting to get healthy and they're just not back in form yet. And some of it is we're just not playing well. I mean, we're not... Too many times in that match, it was that last touch that didn't go right. We got the cross into the box. Well, we didn't finish properly. Or the last pass wasn't there. Maine United did a great job blocking shots to their credit. Their defense was really good. It just sucked watching a 0-0 draw there. Uh, it hurt because we, we kind of needed a win there.
1: You know, you guys need Kyle Stenzel. That's that's the only thing.
0: I mean, maybe, yeah. I'm looking forward to college soccer. I I am looking forward to Virginia Tech Soccer am, and watching Kyle Stenzel yep. and others. Um which is how I might refer to the Virginia Tech soccer team, Kyle Stenzel and others. So um, let <laughs> we care about. Yeah, it's really <laughs> before not that it
1: was James K sack yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean not to be a jerk,
0: but that's what I care about, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so what do you know that I need to know?
0: what I know that you need to know is the Orioles end up with five people on the baseball America top 100 list. And uh, there's only three teams that have more than five players. The Padres have seven, although that may be changing with the trade that is rumored to be going on tonight for the Padres. They're getting uh, a pirates pitcher.
1: Of course we just feed people.
0: Musgrove could be headed to the Padres. Um, (laughs) The Blue Jays have six and the Marlins have six. The five for the Orioles, though, I mean, they've got two in the top 25, uh, three in the top 60 and with the other two just outside the top 60. So you have Adley Rushman, who, according to Baseball America, is the number two prospect in all of baseball. You have Grayson Rodriguez at 22, who's going to be a dynamite pitcher eventually DL Hall is at 59. Heston Kierstad, who is the guy they drafted this year, is 62. And Ryan Mountcastle, who's gotten some big league experience, and I look forward to him having more, he comes in at 63. Uh, The future is bright for the Orioles. MLB, in their goofy projections, had the Orioles winning the World Series in 2027. Uh, That's ridiculous. Um, Because that'll be year five of the six-peat. So we will have won plenty of world series by 2027.
1: Hmm. Sounds good. I was just looking at this Padres deal too. I mean, they're getting Musgrove. I, I don't know what kind of talents going back to, uh, the pirates pirates. This is a large pack of, pack yeah. of prospects. Yeah. That could just be a lot of guys, not
0: Jeff Passen mentioned one center fielder in particular. I don't know if he's one of the seven that's in the top 100, according to I'll baseball. Take prospect.
1: I mean, it's not like we're on the cusp of a championship. So I'll take a, a load of prospects that, we can make really good. I will
0: say that's another trade that I look at and I'm like, why is Uh, pitching what the Padres need? No,
1: no, but they're making a run now. Like they got those guys (sighs) now. And like your, your argument that you had for the Ravens, like they got to win one in the next two years. Well, that's what the Padres are doing. They have their window now and they're fully committed. And to win a world series, you have to have pitching. Maybe not April through September, as much pitching as they all need to have. But when you're going to have the amount of talent that they have on their roster, if you can get a lot of that into the postseason, I've seen a lot of teams do really well in October, just because of pitching staffs.
0: I'm going to laugh. if and they already s- have the hitters. They I'm going to laugh the if they everybody. still don't win the division and they get bounced oh, in a wild card. Come
1: on. They can win the wild card and win the
0: world series. Just like so many teams. Have. I'm going to laugh like, if, they, if they, well, but what I'm is saying it. is if you don't win the division, then you're in that one game playoff in the wild card. I'm going to laugh. if They get bounced. I'm going to laugh. They got all that pitching, and they burned all their prospects because they're shipping them out everywhere. Now they've got a ton of them well, still. If they but... have
1: this much pitching, maybe they do win the division. I mean, if you're throwing that good a pitcher up against other people's for your fourth pitcher is better than everybody else's fourth pitcher, maybe you're going to win a lot of games that the Dodgers aren't necessarily winning. Maybe you're not winning against Dodgers all the time, but maybe they're maybe not going to win, win the division.
0: Games. They're not winning the division. <laughs> The I L.A. Like, Dodgers have, like, a billion-dollar payroll. That's so, no, like, why? Like, they should be going for it. I, th- I think
1: it's, like, what, what do you have a problem with them going for it? They're committed to the next couple of
0: years. I have a like, problem with them with burning that? everything down for some players that aren't going to make or break whether this team wins a World Series or not. Josh Musgrove is not the missing piece to a World Series championship for the San Diego Padres.
1: But they're not giving up any on-field talent to do that, and any talent that's probably going to see the field for the next two or three years, it's their decision to make.
0: Fine. Enjoy second place to the Dodgers. The Dodgers have like, a billion-dollar payroll.
1: One center fielder that might be the best, and then the rest of them are down the, down the line prospects, Whatever. I'll take them. I, you know, the reason I like this is because it's the Pirates. I'm, I'm just happy to get the prospects. I'll take it. That's fine. Um, it's whatever. Also, the Pirates will you know, trade
0: those prospects by the time they get good, too. So oh, yeah. Matter. We're
1: going to get them awesome. They'll look really good, and then they'll be gone. It'll be typical. Um, also, I do want to note, your D-block has been the joist of D-blocks. I mean, it was the soccer update and then deep Orioles roster uh, information. is just, that's so Joe Deck. Um, What I know that you need to know is Duke, Kentucky and North Carolina are all unranked this week in AP poll. That is the first time that has happened since December 18th, 1961.
0: Ah, who can forget?
1: I mean, we're going back. Our our, our parents are uh, not very old. No. And I mean, that's that's a ways. That's a ways. I mean, how many presidents have we had since then?
0: One of mine wasn't even born. Man. Yeah. You're young. Yeah. My, my, my,
1: my parents are, uh, very wise. Hmm. So
0: yeah, <laughs> they are obviously because your mom listens, listens to this podcast all the time of my,
1: of my wording right now, but no, I mean, that's a long time ago and we're talking a grandparent age ago since this happened. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's interesting. I like it this year because the Hokies are one of the teams that are trying to take a poke at what they what, what we can see happen. And really, the team we said that Virginia Tech could be maybe as scared of playing is Gonzaga. The list wasn't Gonzaga, Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina. It was just Gonzaga. I, I like that Virginia uh,
0: Tech. Okay, I stopped at Gonzaga because you <laughs> wanted to say something. <laughs> that like list that does it not stop at Gonzaga.
1: Be- I like that Virginia Tech is on a at least an upswing, if not a, hopefully not a peak, but an upswing on a year that a lot of the blue bloods are not in the mix. So I'd like to see what we can do overall for the sport of basketball. It's not good if the blue bloods are not, uh, in contention. And a lot of these teams are still going to find their way in the tournament somehow, some way, um, maybe not all three of them. Um, but, uh, it's, it makes for an interesting season this year, particularly when the Hokies are, are better than they have necessarily been or as people expected. So, um, It's a a weird year in many ways, and it continues in college basketball with Duke, Kentucky, and North Carolina just not being what we're used to them being.
0: Yawn. I hate the Blue Bloods argument. Why don't you just appreciate good basketball for good basketball? And if they're not playing good basketball like teams that are playing good basketball and appreciate it for what it is. Just because Duke, North Carolina, and Kentucky all stink this year doesn't mean good basketball isn't happening in other parts of the country. Gonzaga's good this year, folks. Baylor's good. Yeah, they are. Texas is good. Kansas, is, the Big 12 is good. Big 12 basketball is good this year. Yeah. That's the conference to watch if you want to watch a top in conference. The ACC can,
1: in like Kansas and Baylor, I think they're playing like right now. Uh,
0: Well, one of them is playing. The other team forgot to show up tonight. That team is Kansas. They're getting killed by Baylor. I think Kansas Baylor has
1: lost a couple games. Kansas Baylor? isn't as Kansas as usual.
0: Okay, but they're, I think by saying that clients, we're saying the rest of the Big 12 is better than it usually is. And that's yeah, my Big point.
1: But Big 12 basketball isn't
0: it's usually Kansas, the and football. then you're battling for second. It's usually Kansas, and you're battling for second. Now, you know, there are other Baylor teams that are going to win. Years,
1: I believe that Texas Tech team was in, a fin- in the finals a couple years ago. Final so, four?
0: Yeah, but they didn't win the Big 12 that year.
1: In the final. Oh, yeah, they, they did go to
0: the final. Yeah, I forgot 15. about that. They didn't win the Big 12 that year.
1: Can't, I know, because Kansas has won at 14 years. <laughs> it's like, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Kansas one wins the district went to conference every year, but there's been plenty of years of good big 12 basketball. Uh, who's Kansas lost to? They lost to somebody else. Texas week and I was, was it Texas. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Who's also
0: who's good. Also, they have
1: three losses. They lost to Oklahoma state. That was, that was.
0: one's not a good loss. I don't think I'd have to look, but I don't think Oklahoma state's having a good year. I might be wrong about
1: that. They lost to Texas on the second, but yeah, they lost to Oklahoma state the other day.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean Texas, Baylor, I hate to say it, West Virginia, Texas Tech. No, West Virginia is no good. These teams are these teams are teams I would put up against the tops in any conference. I mean yeah, they're they're that they're good. good. The Big Twelve is loaded this year. Um, so
1: and especially with Duke and North Carolina not being good, there's no way anyone's making an argument that ACC is the superior basketball this year.
0: Okay, I'm also going to say that because. I've watched Virginia Tech enough to know they're not good enough to do that. If Virginia Tech was playing like Kansas or Baylor, I would say Virginia Tech could beat Kansas or Baylor. They're just not. It has nothing to do with the fact that the name Duke in North Carolina isn't at the top.
1: What's Villanova ranked?
0: Are they not ranked anymore? Wow, that would be a anti-signature win now.
1: No, I would not say they've got to be ranked. I think they're ranked. I, I I don't know what point you think I was trying to make. I was trying to make the opposite. I was trying to say. I mean, we beat a good Villanova team. Okay.
0: And then we beat wake forest by four.
1: We found a way to win when we played terrible. How do you want me to spin this? I can be the Josh Lyman of Villanova's three basketball for you right now.
0: Yeah. Villanova's three. I'm just, my point is I don't like the argument that the blue bloods aren't up here. So obviously college basketball sucks this year. Obviously you're just not watching college basketball. There's a lot of good teams. I hate that argument. I hate that argument when it's in football. I hate it when it's in basketball. I
1: don't know if I was really making that argument. I'm taking two ACC teams that would be in the way of us making a run and having to play them probably multiple times to make a run. But you're just being in our way. I guess my problem is when you say things like "state" is some like world beater.
0: I think my problem is when you said, you know, obviously it's good for the sport if the blue bloods are up there. The sport is going to be fine. I'm sorry that bandwagon fan has to, you know, live in shame one year. Sorry. Maybe next time pick a team and stick with them through thick and thin instead of finding whoever's cutting down the nets every year and then just deciding, oh, I'm going to root for that team because they win all the time. Because I don't want to actually love sports. I just want to be a bandwagon fan. You know what builds character, folks? Rooting for a team that loses all the time. That's what builds character. That's why I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. (laughs) Give me the Baltimore Orioles over the New York Yankees every day of the week because New York Yankees fans don't know what suffering is. They're a bunch of entitled brats. That's what a New York Yankees fan is. A Baltimore Orioles fan is a hard-working person who has had to endure pain all of their life, especially in the last 30 or so years.
1: (laughs) Because it didn't happen before then, because that's before you were born. It doesn't exist.
0: Exactly.
1: Let's get out of here with another successful episode of the Yak Sports Podcast with Leo McRae and Joe Deck. If you want to be in communication with Lila McRae or Joe Deck, you can tweet at us at Pod. You can message us on Facebook at Pod, or you can email us at yaksportspod at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, you know what? Sometimes we don't do this enough, but uh, for the zero comments we're going to get, uh, why don't you, this will be my thing that I want to hear. On comment or, you know, tweet at us. Your most painful sports moments as fans i know patrick Height will have some because he's a dc sports fan and god knows they've given him plenty um i just want to hear from our other listeners what are your most painful sports memories because you know who we we're not going to hear from leland we're not going to hear from any yankees fans we're not going to hear from any duke fans we're not going to hear from any carolina fans because they don't exist because they're front runners They just cut down the nets that's all they do
1: i do when you brought up duke there i remember when Oh, that guy I don't like hit that half court shot in Cameron to beat my Hokies in basketball. Oh, Kyrie Irving or no, no, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was in preschool when this happened. It was like 2004 or five. Um, we had like maybe six. Deron Washington was on the court. Jamon, Zabian, all those guys. Uh, we had them beat at Cameron and they hit like a half court. Duhan, I think Duhon hit the game winner from like half court to steal it back we ended up beating them the next year i think down there but man that was man that was painful what is it four out of five
0: at castle that we've won i mean let's go
1: like recently yeah yeah and back then though we we beat them like year two in the acc we beat duke at home it was awesome we we've had a tendency as hokey basketball teams to show up in those big games it's it's been fun i it's been a good fandom hokey basketball sean dockery Dockery hit that half carrot one.
0: Yeah, when you say Chris Duhon, I thought that was too... I thought Chris Duhon was before that, but yeah. Sean Dockery.
1: I don't like him. Hate him forever. He's dead to me. Well, he's dead to the NBA, too, so... So, as Joe said, m- message us one of those ways I just told you at the X Sports Pod and tell us people that are dead to you because of the misery they put you in as a sports fan um, or moments. Uh, maybe you don't have to call out individuals and people's uh who are dead to you but tell us about your moment we're gonna talk about this more next week in the d block uh for joe and i and hope to bring up some of y'alls as well uh and so you don't miss when we talk about that and you can tell your friends this as well subscribe to us on podbean apple google and spotify so you don't miss an episode when we happen to post one on monday or post on a early in the morning wednesday um make sure you get it right in your feed ready to go and as you notice, we are talking more and more high school sports since it is happening, because that's what we are here to do. So keep on listening to us so we can keep on doing this. And we will be back next week with more Yak Sports podcast. Talk about the sports that matter to you, the Augusta County sports fan.
0: You've been listening to Yak
1: Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.